0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So, I'm going to try and unpack that a little bit more. We're in a series called All About Jesus, and um, we're seeing in this series that out of all of his preferred titles as we just heard jesus of nazareth the christ the son of god went around calling himself son of man more than anything else he would just refer to himself as the son of man and um now you might go and think that that just means that he's saying I'm just an ordinary man. I'm just like one one like you. When I was at theological college many years ago, we had an atheist teaching us New Testament. Believe it or not, which just goes to show how you can totally miss the point. And uh, and he was an expert in Greek and Aramaic and all these other languages. And uh, and he basically made a case that said that Son of Man just meant me. So when he said, that when Jesus said the Son of Man, that he was just saying me. But that totally ignores stuff like that was going on that we just saw there in Daniel, where this is actually a title. This is something that, that, that is, has got for the people who first heard it. When Jesus says, "I'm the Son of Man," people knew exactly what he was saying. So when he's on trial, like you saw there, the high priest says to him, "Just tell us the truth. Like, are you? Are you, is, are you the guy? Are you the one? Are you the Messiah?" And Jesus says, I am, and you will see the Son of Man coming with the clouds of glory. And at this point, he kind of tears his robes. um, Just, uh, it's like, I can't believe he said that. And then he says, we've all heard the blasphemy. What was the blasphemy? Two things. I am, and you'll see the Son of Man. You're going to see me coming with the clouds and glory. It's like one day, you're the judge. One day I'm going to be the judge. I'm going to be coming back. And um, so it's this title that gives this, this picture. And if you look in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, you can read about this. The English Standard Version titles this, The Son of Man is given dominion. He says this, I saw in night vision. So this is the dream. Behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days. Who's the Ancient of Days? That's another picture of God. I had a dream years ago. In this dream, I've talked about it before. I was uh, standing outside, on like guard duty outside this incredible palace. And um, I was in the police for years, so I got to stand outside places. That's one of the things that you get to do in the, in the police: try and stand there and look like you're important and you've got a job, and you're guarding, guard, 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 standing there. And um, you know, I, when Princess Diana came to Manchester or whatever, I was one of somebody who's in the guard and all this. So I knew what it was like. And there was this. I knew in the dream, like you know, in dream that the king was in there and the king was going to come out and do something really important and that I had to stand at the steps and over there was like all the press of all the most powerful stuff in the world, all the media was all there, all these cameras were all waiting for the king to come and I'm standing there and then down the steps comes the Ancient of Days. I see this majestic, beautiful old man who comes down regally down the steps and he comes down towards me and he draws close to me and then he actually leans out and he leans on me. And I'm like, wow, this is such a privilege. The king is just leaning on me, he touched me. I'm like, this is amazing. And then he starts to walk over there, but I know that he's supposed to go over there, but he's the king and how do you say to the king, excuse me, I think you're going the wrong way. So I start to go with him, but then after a bit, I say, sorry, but I think we're supposed to be over there. There's something very important over there that you've got to go to. And then we walk away from there and into this little garden. Like, um, you know, Notting Hill, the film. There's, the, there's a there's the little garden that they meet in. It's like one of those. And we walk in. And when we go in, I had a little dog there. And I a mean, little dog's running around. Little Dachshund. And then we sit down on a bench and I'm all the time feeling a bit awkward thinking the king is with me but he's supposed to be over there and I'm going to get in trouble because, you know, he's going to be late. And then I said to him, your majesty, I think we're supposed to be over there. And then he says, "Um, listen, sit down. There's nothing more important to me than being here with you. And I've got these gardens all over the place and you can always meet with me when you want to. Never forgotten that. Yeah. See, just after that, I was supposed to go and be speaking at this big event with all these big, well-known speakers. And I'd never got to do anything like that before. And I was all a bit scared about, oh, but R.T. Kendall's going to be speaking at it. And all these other people that you might not have heard of, but you know, in my world were big. And I was like, oh, who am I to go and do that? But after that, you see, when you've been with the king, so what? You know, who, who imp- so impress me. The king wants to be with me. There's nothing more important that the king wants to do than come and sit with me. So it doesn't matter who else it is who might want to, you know. Anyway, going back to the going back to the the his dream, Daniel's dream, and he came to the ancient and days and was presented before him, and to him, to Jesus, we know it's Jesus, was given dominion. That means power to rule and glory and a kingdom so that all nations and peoples and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So here's Daniel in his time in the Old Testament looking forward and somehow gets his glimpse into heaven and seeing what's going on in heaven. And he's seeing that the father is giving the son of man what? Dominion, power to be able to rule. Power to be able to reign. Now, again, we looked at the video. You might know it anyway. Do you know what was taken away from Adam and Eve? Dominion, ability to be able to rule and reign. In the beginning, God made everything, and then He made people to be in charge of everything for Him. He put people in charge of everything on His behalf. So, Genesis chapter one verses twenty six. To 28 says then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so all creeps so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them so this isn't just men get to rule by the way There's some sisters who've got to shout hooray at that point. Then God blessed them and God said to them, to them, both of them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion, rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So it's like God's blessing them and giving them his rule. He's giving them his power. But, as we saw in the video, they were deceived. They were tempted. They gave it all away for some fruit. And they lost dominion. They lost power. They they, they lost the Holy Spirit who who God breathed into them at the beginning and, and, and animated them and gave them life. And now they were not rulers anymore, but they were ruled. They didn't have dominion. So instead of having dominion, they dominated each other. Actually, God came and explained the consequences to them. He said, now, because this has happened, here's how it's going to be between the two of you. Between between male and female, there's going to be contention. There's going to be argument. You're going to want to rule. You're going to want to rule. You're going to rule. It's just going to be a fight going on as a result of this. It's like things have got spoiled in terms of how you relate to one another. and Everything else is just spoiled as a result of it because they took what was left of the power the vestiges of power from what God had given them and used it for their own benefit and for their own greed. The devil told them this will make you more like God but instead it made them so much less than God made them to be. And and, and actually more than that, they were separated from God, separated from the life of God and from the Holy Spirit who withdrew at this point. To the, to the invisible realm. And through the whole of the Old Testament, all you ever see is that the Holy Spirit coming upon people and empowering people and helping people, but never being in a person, just being on a person and helping them and giving them power to be able to do what they couldn't do, to be a prophet or to be like Samson and be strong or to be able to do stuff for God. The Holy Spirit would come on them, but not in them. That never happened again. Through the whole of the Old Testament, And so centuries on now, in the 5th century BC, the prophet Daniel is in captivity because the nation of Israel kept rebelling and God shows him this glimpse, this look into heaven of this figure on his glorious throne, this figure who who is like a son of man getting dominion back, getting the kingdom back. Who is it? Jesus, he's the son of man, just like we saw in the video. He stepped out of eternity and he came into time. And then if you go to the end of the book and you look at Revelation, At the end of the book, we see it starts in Revelation chapter one. There's John, the apostle John, Jesus' friend John, the one who called himself Jesus' best friend, the one that Jesus loved most and all this kind of stuff. The one who was sort of pally with Jesus, if you like. The one who put his head on his chest at the last supper and snuggled up, if you remember that. He's like, Jesus is my BFF. We're like, me and him, dead close. That's what he's like. And then, then... He sees him not as he knew him, but now as we should know him. He sees him as he is. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book. Send it to the seven churches and enlist them. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands was one like a son of man. Clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his his chest. The hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in all its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. He's like, what? What? Who is this? It's Jesus. It's the son. It's like this is how he is now. He laid his hand on me, said, "Fear not." Why did he say? Why did he have to say that? Because he was scary. Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Like I've won. I've done it. This is the Son of Man. This is. He looks like the Son of Man. He, he's seeing the Son of Man. Not, oh, I'm just an ordinary guy. No, Jesus is the son of God because he's the son of man and he's the son of man because he's the son of God. And then he gets transported in this vision and he gets to see something very similar to what Daniel saw because guess what, heaven's still the same. Whatever's going on right now here on the earth, God's not going, ooh, wonder what to do. He's really not. He's actually on a throne. He's been ruling forever and he isn't about to stop. Whoever is getting to rule down here, there's a throne room in heaven, and all of creation is worshiping before him and crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy. And he gets transported into the throne room of heaven. And the throne here is the word throne is actually used 16 times in in chapter 4 of Revelation. Throne, throne, throne. It's all about what's going on in the throne. Because whatever's going on on the earth, God is still on his throne. And, and you know, for us, we read this, and he says, And all I behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet saying, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. I was in the spirit immediately. Behold, a throne set in heaven. One sat on the throne, was and he was like, and he just described this incredible vision. And again, it's Jesus. He's seeing him on the throne. And this is what's happening now because Jesus is the son of God who became the son of man because the the sons of men could no longer be the sons of God. So the son of God became a man. So the sons of man could once again become sons of God. That's the gospel. That's the story. Jesus came to earth Just like God promised to Satan in Genesis chapter 3, just after it all went wrong and said, here's how it's all going to go right. I'm going to destroy all the works of the evil one. I'm going to destroy all your works. And there's nobody else on the earth who was filled with the spirit, who was in harmony with God. So he said, so I'm going to come. And Jesus came announcing a kingdom. He came announcing and bringing a dominion, his goal. He said, I'm here now and the kingdom of heaven is here. It's good news. Repent, receive it, believe that good news. Because the enemy came to take away our dominion. Jesus came to take it back so that we can rule. It's not just so that he can rule, it's so that we can rule, so that we can rule over sin. The Bible says sin shall no longer be your master because you are no longer under law but you're under grace. So he came so that your body would be the temple of the Holy Spirit, the place where, where God would reign. So all that stuff in the Old Testament about making a temple and all this how glorious it all was, that's like nothing compared with how glorious you are. Do you know that? They're like, check you out. You're the, you're the person, you're the place the Holy Spirit wants to live in. He wants the glory in us. This is amazing. When Jesus wanted to explain this so that we would get it, what did he do? He told stories. He told parables. And there's one that is a kind of favourite one here at Ivy. There's one son. And he went out and he, he lost his great inheritance. Blew it. In the end, he finds himself living among pigs. He's got nothing left. He's become like a pig himself. He's actually thinking, hmm, pig food. Not too bad. He's become like an animal. That's how he's living. Totally out of control. Unclean animal as well. And when he finally he gets to the point of how low can you go, he starts to think, I'm, I might as well try and at least get back to the father's house as a servant. Not as a son. He, he can't believe he would ever be a son again. He used to be a son. He can't be a son. I'll be a hired servant. So many people end up like this. Even if they say they came back to God, they only came back with a servant mentality. They only come back with a slave mindset. They don't come back thinking that they're sons and daughters. Big difference. Huge difference. It's like, well, you know, I know do you even know you're forgiven? Do we actually know he counts, he doesn't, he's not counting our sins against us? Once you've come to Jesus, it's like gone so you can be free. Do we have that mentality? Or do we have a kind of, well, you know, maybe I can sneak in and sit at the back at church and won't sing too loud because God might notice me. I'll just hang around, not do much. But the father refused to accept that. He says when he was still a long way, way off, he ran out and he grabbed him and he hugged him, even though he stunk, and he, put his, he took the robe off him, he put a robe on him, and he says, give him a robe, give him a ring, give him some sandals. Everything that he's lost, give it all back. Give him the ring that shows that he can make decisions around here. He's got authority. Give him a robe that shows that he's in the family. Put sandals on his feet, because now he's got places to go. For me, to go and represent me. And let's have a great big party. Let's have a big celebration. Kill the pig. Like we did, we had a hog roast here today. It wasn't actually a pig. Not they had, we did. Some of us, we weren't vegetarian. I'll dig myself out of that hole. (laughs) Unsuccessfully. Anyway. Now when you get this, it really can change your life, that that God can change anybody like that, that there's nowhere we can go, no place so low that we can't come back, there's no place so dark that the light can't shine and bring us out, there's like nowhere and that story tells us that. And we get to see that, and I love, I love to hear somebody like Paul's story, but to be honest with you, if you knew my story, it's different, but it's the same, it's just different kinds of darkness. You know, it's just, it, there's, a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, some people's sins are obvious and run ahead of them. But other people's, they kind of just catch up with you. <sighs> see, I usually find prodigal sons who went out and smelled the pig poo for a while, have little trouble telling other people how amazing grace is. The problem is with the other ones, the older sons, the church people, the ones who stayed home and did what they thought was good and didn't want the house to smell of dirty sinners too much. But you see, the older son lived like a slave too, in his head. He comes to the father and he says to him, all these years I've been slaving for you. That's what he thinks he is. He's in the house all these years, but he just thinks he's a slave. And he gets angry that the sinner gets all the attention and all of the party. And what about me? This is what happens in churches. It's like, why are we spending money on them? Why aren't we looking after me? Why are we doing that? Have you ever wondered why the younger son in the pig pen had to come home himself when he had a rich elder brother at home? I've got an older brother. I would hope he'd come and find me. I would would hope he'd be bothered enough to at least try and reach out to me. You know, if you know, you know your brother is out there. This is when it starts to... Change when you realise that lost people are God's children and he misses them all and wants them all and that should disturb us to think we can't just sit around in the church waiting for them to come home surely if the compassion of Jesus is inside of us you're going to expend yourself in some way to be able to reach out see no wonder he's the one who gets the rebuke From the father, the the younger son didn't get anything from like apart from a big welcome home. But the older son, he says, the father's like, "Why aren't you happy? Your brother, he was lost. Now he's found. He was starving. Now he's full. He's come home. My son has come home." See, the father wants to send us out, not just keep us in. He didn't come to take us from earth to heaven he came from heaven to take us to earth he came to redeem everything he, t- he came so that we wouldn't just stay here but so we would go to the pig pens and go where people are, are in despair and hopeless and there's a lot of that in the world it just looks different I mean you could have a really nice gold covered pig pen Jesus said this, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. That's salvation. To restore something to its original state, to salvage. How did he do that? Well, Isaiah saw this too. This is why we need to read our Bibles in our Old Testament. Everything that Jesus did was prophesied and predicted in the Old Testament. And in Isaiah chapter 7, 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Emmanuel. God had a plan, and he needed there to be a man with the plan because God is a spirit. We're not. He wants to reach, to restore, and to give us back dominion. So what does he do? Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. See, God is going to leave where he is and come where they are so that they can become like him and come where he is. He becomes like them so they can become like him. Wow. Is that a wow to you? It is a wow to me. This is like, the the writer of Hebrews had this right. If we don't get this, he says, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If this ever becomes ordinary to us, wow, check yourself. See, God didn't come from heaven and shout from heaven, come, come. Because we couldn't. We couldn't do it. In John 21, when Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you, he means if they're going to come to us, we're going to have to go to them. That's what God did. He sent his son. He didn't say you've got to become like me so I can like you. No, that's religion. He said, I must become like you so you can become like me. Totally different. I, the son of God, can't stay where I am to reach you. I must become a son of man so you can become the sons and daughters of God. I must enter your world, the world I gave you that you messed up, the world that you gave away, the world of man that is now under the power of the evil one. So now, by the way, Jesus wants to send you into the world and make it his world. In Mark chapter 16, after he died and was resurrected, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You have a world, don't you? You have a world. It's not, I mean, it's like, it's the same as everybody else's world in the big sense, but in little sense, you also have a world within the world. You have friendships, you have network of relationships, you have people on your street, you have people you know, I don't know. You've got to go into that world. I mean the world of your work, the world of your school, the world of your neighbours, the world of your friends and family. He wants your world to become his world. And the way that happens is when you go into that world and you bring good news to everybody there, the world of electronics, the world of education, the world of arts, the world of medicine, the world of food and drink, everything. It's so much bigger than what we think but it's just the church. It's the church being in the world, making a difference. He didn't say go into all the church. And be a preacher to the creatures. He said, go into your world. It's bigger than you thought. Which is why it's good that he said, when you go, I'm coming with you. Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, I got dominion again. Now you go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey all things so that I've commanded you and we all go I can't do that don't we we we, I do I've been doing it a long time I still go I can't do that good Lo, hello lo, I am with you always to the end of the age oh I can do it now I can do it if you're coming the great commission is the great co-mission. it's not me doing my mission it's the commission he, he's, a, he's doing it together with him as the father has sent me I send you where you go you, where I send you when you go where I send you you're going to find me there already where, I'm already been there I'm waiting for you I was in Glasgow. Uh, two weeks ago, no last weekend and I've been in this amazing stuff with Holy Spirit things happening and prophetic stuff and it was, I just absolutely loved it it gave me such a and um, so we were driving on the Sunday to the, from, on, in an Uber and we got picked up by the grumpiest man who just went, you know, it was like like this grumpy Glaswegian Uber driver who just complained about everything and about... And and after a bit, I said, well, you know, what's... And he said, oh... And he basically started telling me about how he'd had pancreatic cancer years before. And I said, well, you know, that's awful. And I said, but, you know, actually, you're alive, aren't you? So that's quite amazing, because most people who get pancreatic cancer aren't alive. But he could... He was like... Yeah, but I've got to take these drugs and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And, I, and in a way, it's difficult. I don't want to say look on the bright side of pancreatic cancer. So, what do you do? But I was, and anyway, and then I'm thinking, how do I tell this man about Jesus? No, no, I don't know how to tell this guy about Jesus. And then, because I've been praying and saying, Jesus, you said that you'd be with me, where, you know, I'm like, just help me, help me, help me. And I hear this little voice inside say, ask him if his name's John. And I went, no. No. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. What? I'm not asking him his name's John. And after a bit, I said, uh, "It's going on." I said, well, "What's your name?" He said, "Johnny." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> 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 so, next taxi driver, next taxi driver. I'm going to the airport, and I'm getting in a, a taxi, and I'm like, "Yes, Lord, come on." I'm ready. I'm ready. What's his Tell me his name. Tell me his name. And he's talking to me. Where have you been? Oh, I've been in there. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Yeah, well, what, yeah but what have you been to? Oh, it's a church thing. What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't really go to church. I don't really go. That's interesting. You going to church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's anyway. I'm waiting for the name, and he's saying he's like he's like. So so uh, so, do you go to church? Oh well, I, I actually, I lead a church. Oh, whereabouts? In Manchester. Oh, Manchester. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's his name? What's his name? Come on, Lord, just give me his name. Anyway, he's going on like this. Eventually. He says, you know, he's basically pulling stuff out of me to make me tell him about Jesus. And at the end of it, you know, he's like, Well, my mum, you know, I said, I said, It's interesting that you lead a church because my mum's always telling me that I should go to church because she's, she's always telling me about the Bible and about Jesus. And she always says she's praying for me. And it's at this point, I'm like, Oh, maybe, maybe I've got to ask his name. What's your name? Tom. Thomas. Oh. Like doubting Thomas is in the Bible. Oh, that's what my mum calls me. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. She says, I'm like doubting Thomas. I said, well, you don't have to be like doubting Thomas. You can be believing Thomas. Jesus came and showed Jesus, Thomas that he was real and he became a follower of Jesus. Oh, she never told me that. All she ever tells me from the Bible is, be sure your sins will find you out. I said, "Well, there's a bit more to the Bible than that," and we ended up having a really good chat. By the end of it, I'm praying for him outside the Glasgow airport <laughs> with my arm around him, and he's and he's like, "Give me the details of it." Taking stuff down, and he says to me, "Nobody's ever told me any of this before." See, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to do it the same way. See, and he, I say he said, "Nobody's ever talked to me about this stuff before." How were people going to know if we don't if we don't at least put ourselves in that position of like Lord if you can use anybody you can use me and and be open to that as the Father has sent me so I send you, well how did that happen he became like us, he entered into our world and he wants us to enter into people's worlds, God became man so man could become like God John 1 tells us how it works, verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God That, that saying about that who? Jesus is God Jesus is the son of God. Now read down to verse 14 and you see the son of man. And the word became, what? Flesh and dwelt among us. I was just, I was, in academy, I was just showing them. Jesus had a house in Capernaum. People came to the house. I believe that the one that they lowered the guy down through the roof, made the hole in the roof, it was Jesus' house. You should have been at academy and then you'd know why I believe that. How did people get to see the glory of God according to this? How do people get to see the glory of God? That he's the son of the father. See, in the Old Testament, when the glory of God showed up, ordinary people, unholy ordinary people, were like dead, weren't they? Have you ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? When that Nazi guy opens it up, he's like... (gasps) screaming skull that's the glory of god breaking out so that's what happened to the priests in the temple everybody just falls over even after they've done thousands of bulls have been sacrificed and everything the glory of god breaks out boom atomic stuff happens but how do people get to see the glory of god there's only one way he becomes like them he becomes like us the word became flesh god became a man Because they're flesh, he becomes flesh, and that's how they saw his glory. He came close. He dwelt among them. He he wasn't afraid to get up close to ordinary people. He loved us. And because of the way that he loved people, because of the way he was, because he was just walking around as the son of man, full of the Holy Spirit, the way that he lived, the way that he loved, they saw the fruit of the Spirit. They saw somebody walking around full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Can you do that by yourself? No. Can you do it filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. Are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Great. That's the right answer. Because sometimes I ask it, and people kind of want to go, Why? Well, yeah, I don't know. You can know. You just ask, fill me with your Holy Spirit. He'll come. He'll do it. He'll fill you with his Holy Spirit. They saw God's power, healing the sick, casting out demons, setting people free. They heard the wisdom of God in his teaching because now there's somebody in the flesh filled with the Holy Spirit walking about on the earth. He didn't just hang around with religious people, debating stuff. He showed them who God is by his life. See, and it's just by being with people. And we get this wrong, I think, as a church. He didn't stay apart from them, but sometimes that's what Christians like to do over time, more and more. You know, Christians, if you want a Christian job, and a Christian ministry and a Christian house and a Christian computer and a Christian pen. Mm, You know, Christian fish on the back of the car with all my Christian friends and all that kind of stuff. We want to insulate ourselves, we're not careful. And yeah, it's great to be part of the church, but we all do it for the one who did not stay in the Father's house. But he came out, our older brother came looking for you and me when we were so lost when we were so unsavable by anything that we could ever do ourselves is anybody glad that he did that that's how we saw his glory he came up close see for me somebody I could tell you the story somebody who was full of him came close to me and I saw his glory that's how it happens some of you know what I mean here I mean I Some of you, we were lost and we knew it. We were hungry and thirsty and nothing satisfied us. We had no idea how to get home or even where home was. We were eating and we were drinking, but we're always just looking for more. And we were making stinking decisions with stinking relationships, stinking consequences, stinking past, present and future. And then our elder brother came. Because he left the Father's house, he left the palace and he came looking for us. And he, he left everything behind because he loved us that much to come and say, you can come to the Father's house. There's a party waiting for you, there's a ring and a robe and a sandals, you don't have to stay here anymore. You can come. I love these words of a prayer. I used to say when I was an Anglican and we did communion properly. After we'd eaten the bread of life and drunk the cup of wine, we say, Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us so we and all your children... Shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Son of God came to the sons of men as a son of men, so that the sons of men and the daughters of men could become the sons and daughters of God again. Shall we pray? Might you stand up and the band are gonna come up. You know, God went into all kinds of places. Jesus, you know, he went into, into places where prostitutes would walk in. He went into, into uh, all kinds of places that people say, oh, you know, sinners are hanging around in there. There's, there's like, you know, people that, no rabbi should be in there. And, and he went into the dark places, but he knew the darkness can't put the light out. It doesn't work like that. And wherever we go this week, there's nowhere too to dark if we turn the light up. The problem is not to curse the darkness like they say, it's to actually get the light turned up again. So maybe put your hand on your heart and just say, Lord, I want your light to shine in me and through me. I want your glory to be seen in my life because thank you that you have now come so that I can reign in life through Christ Jesus. You've made us a kingdom of priests to serve our God. And thank you that as the Father has sent you, Jesus, so you've sent me. Just Look at the screen. See how that verse actually continued. Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. So again, just admit, I'm just admitting, Lord, I can't do that. I cannot be like you, I am not like you unless you make me like you. I cannot represent you unless I'm filled with you and empowered by you. So I come to you empty and ask to be filled. I come to you with my sin and I ask that it would be forgiven because of Jesus. I come to you in my unrighteousness. I ask that your righteousness would be given to me because of the cross. I pray that you would deal with my shame and my sin and help me to know that it has been dealt with already at the cross 2,000 years ago, that you're not coming at me with judgment. You're running towards me to wrap me up in your love and to enfold me and to celebrate me. I am your child and I am home with you. And now, Lord, I pray that I won't get so used to being at home with you, that I don't want to share that love with other people, that I just want to keep that love to myself. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come now And ignite that fire within me to help other people to find their way back to you as well. Lord, thank you that this is what everybody gets to do. Everybody who is a child in your house gets to represent you. This isn't just for some, this is for everybody. What a privilege, Lord. If you can use anybody, you can use me. So put your hand up if you want to be used by Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We want to be used by you to help other people find you. And he's seeing that. He's seeing that. And he will, he will take you to places and he will take you to people. Even in these next coming weeks, you'll find yourself in the room or in a conversation with somebody. And at that moment when you realise, oh, this is it. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. So the Bible says. Don't be afraid give a reason for the hope that you have that's all it is you know when people say how come you've got hope what is it that's different about you the difference is Jesus just tell them oh I never used to be like this but then something happened I met somebody and and now I'm a, a believer in Jesus Christ and everything's different So I pray that you'll be filled again with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, let it happen now. Just say, come and fill me with your Spirit, Lord. Come and soak me in your Spirit. Come and set me on fire with your Holy Spirit. Come and put your life and your light inside of me. And if you've had that before, say, Lord, I'm not not sure I'm full. Fill me up. Fill me up, Lord. So I overflow with your love to other people, with your power. Let me be like you. I want to be a temple of your Holy Spirit. Like you said, I will be now we're going to worship we're going to sing and we're going to praise him as we do so just take this as a moment to press in a bit closer before we finish just to come a little bit closer to him and glory in him and say lord fill me with your glory so that i can show your glory to the world Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.